All right, everybody, welcome to Talking Taker, episode number 50 of our encyclopedic exploration, digging up the career of the greatest professional wrestling character of all time. We appreciate you joining us for yet another round of Dead Man Talking. My name is Alex Dorio. I am one of your co-hosts, one of the creatures of the night, and I am joined here, as always, by my tag team partner, my best bud, my wrestling buddy, my man, Travis White. Travis, you know what? We, we've been here for, for 50 episodes, dude, and, and you know we, we've been friends for you know 25 some odd years now, but uh, I gotta ask you, man, what, what's the deal? Are, are we gonna continue doing this, man? I, I feel like you've been running around on me with another podcast host, dude. <laughs> what's the deal with you and Vince Russo? Bro, bro, listen, bro. Listen, you ditching bro. me for the brand? <laughs> no way, bro. I was trying to get ourselves onto the brand. Hmm. That's what I was trying to get. No, but he did say he's going to send Bruce Pritchard our way, so we'll see if that ever pans out. Yeah. I might be skipping cheating on you with uh, Russo and Bruce Pritchard. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Russo's made a lot of promises in his uh, career. Yeah, that's <laughs> we'll true. See, we'll that's see true. What yeah. No, but man, yeah, in all seriousness, that was awesome. It was kind of surreal to be on his podcast. I hope our listeners checked it out. We, we posted it. Um, with, once it goes on YouTube, We'll post it on there too, so you guys can check it out. Um, it was really cool, but uh, yeah, he he let me put over talking Taker podcast, and he let me ask him a question too. So uh, I asked yeah, him. Yeah, fill us in on what he uh, told you in case people <laughs> yeah. couldn't see it or, or not subscribe. Yeah. If you're not subscribed, it's just three ninety nine a month, right? For yeah, three, all three sorts of podcasts, and video get, content. Yeah, eight eight podcasts a week. Um, five of them are him. The other three you can skip. Some of his you can skip, but it's less than a buck a week. And there's no commitment, no long-term contract, nothing. It's just so – if anything, sign up and watch the show I was on and then get get rid of it. doesn't matter. So anyway, um, but he – I asked him a question. You know, I said, you know, can you please help us, me and Alex, figure out this question? Like, why were the Undertaker's parents buried in Long Island? Because when you guys dug up the caskets – Rolls in Long Island. He's like, what do you mean, bro? Without missing the B. He's like, what do you mean, bro? What do you mean, bro? He's like, quit busting my chops. And so he said, basically what he told me was that they were buried in Babylon, Long Island, which I had to look that up. Apparently it's a nice area there. He said because they had a summer home there. It got too hot in Death Valley. Um, they liked to vacation in Long Island, so they had it written that whenever they passed away, they would be buried in Long Island. And uh, that puts that mystery to rest in peace, if you will. So... He just made that up off the spot. It was great, though. <laughs> I loved it. it I love that he didn't miss a beat. It I was buy great. it. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. Yeah. And I told, I, he gave me his blessing to share it with our listeners. He loved the idea of this podcast and uh, what we can do with it. And Ted Pritchard would definitely love to have. I'm sure he's too busy to do anything. But he, I mean, the fact that he even mentioned that was really cool. I know for you and I both just to hear that. So really cool. Don't agree with everything Russo has done. Not, probably not half of it, but he he's he's got a really good mind for the business a lot of times. So um, especially it's just really cool that we're covering all of his stuff at this point in Undertaker's career. So it was neat to ask him some questions and apply to this. So there you go, man. Twenty years later, getting some uh, some continuity here, uh, getting yeah. some answers, <laughs> some conclusions out of Vince Russo. Who would have ever thought that? When we started this fifty episodes ago, man, almost Dude. a year ago. That's awesome. That's incredible. Yeah. I know it's crazy. So thank you to our listeners that are out there to support us. Our numbers keep growing every week. Strangely enough, our highest download uh, episode is um, Ground Zero. That surprised me. Very surprising. But, is, um, I mean, it's a great match for sure. Yeah, yeah. I thought Hell in a Cell maybe the first one would have been it, or uh, even the 
1998 one, but I guess everything's been done to death over that. But yeah, thank you guys for the last 50 episodes, and we're looking forward to phew, three times as much <laughs> before this is over. So <laughs> hang in there, folks. Yeah, I just want to reiterate that too. I just want to say thanks to everybody. You know, we started this just kind of on a whim uh, a year ago, and you know, not you know, we're not going to toot our own horn. We're, we're not a, a big podcast at all. It's definitely a niche no. uh, podcast. But just the fact that anybody besides us listens every week, uh, retweets, uh, leaves a comment, uh, interacts with us on social media, lets us know anything. Uh, people that have responded, uh, have talked about the matches they were at. Man, it's just fun. It's just fun to hear from everybody. It's fun to interact with people, we all have this shared memories uh, of this classic wrestling stuff that we grew up with, and it all means so much to us. So it's cool to interact with new people out there, especially. Just want to shout out a couple of the listeners that we hear from all the time: Randy Turco and uh, Gino McManikin on Twitter, Don Hyman, Cavante uh, Smalls, uh, Lou Jane on Facebook. She's always posting stuff on Facebook. Uh, our buddies Jay and Billy. Uh, who I know listen to us uh, all the time, every single week. And, you know, there's just there's a bunch more. I know there's a bunch more, but those are the first ones that popped into my head. And uh, sorry if I missed you and you listen every week. We do appreciate it. Of course, uh, it means a whole lot to us. And, Travis, it means a whole lot uh, to me for, for us to, to do this every week, man. I enjoy doing it with you. I'm glad you've uh, stuck it out uh, along with this it's been a blast to do this. It's been a oh yeah, it's oh, it's been yeah, fun. <laughs> it's been a lot more work than I think we imagined at first, but uh, <laughs> it's, it's it's great. I, I enjoy it too. Uh, you know, um, I, I just to be honest, I I have not watched the current product of WWE aside from you know maybe two or three matches, the Undertaker's match at Greatest Royal Rumble uh, and a couple of NXT matches since WrestleMania. So this has been my wrestling fix. <laughs> uh, which you know, I've been a wrestling fan for 25, 26 years. So, uh, you know, I, th- I said we were friends for 25 years. We've been friends for 15 years, 16 years. No. 15? No way. I can't do any 20... math tonight. It's 12, 15. <laughs> it is late. Past the point where I do math. Uh, we've been friends <laughs> for 20 not, years. Since 97. Yeah. yeah. I've been watching wrestling for about 26, 25. 27 years. Uh, yeah. So yeah, this has been my wrestling fix because uh, uh, my interest in the current product has has fizzled out to a point it's never really been before. But so I'm glad we've got this. I'm glad we're doing this for our friendship since we don't get to see each other as much as we used to. So it's been awesome, and we got a long ways to go. Yeah, we we do, man. So strap on. We are on that highway to hell. We're through the highway to hell. We're taking a, a left turn. We're got, and you know what? They continue with the old highway theme here with the old breakdown. They got exactly. the stop sign. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So I like that. It's good. Good continuity there. So well, good that, for them. That jumps into something I want to talk about as we're breaking down in your house, <clears throat> breakdown, 1998. Vince McMahon mentions that on, on the Raw after SummerSlam. He says that the next pay-per-view, there's going to be a breakdown, and it will be both emotional and physical. And... You know, we've we've talked about this a lot in our show, the difference between what was going on twenty years ago and what's going on now, but look at that. There was a reason yeah. why this pay-per-view had this name. It's not just there slapped on the side of it just because you gotta great. have a name for a pay-per-view. It it had a reason. Like great balls of fire. Oh my god. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It actually had a reason to be called breakdown, you know, because 
uh, yeah, I love that. I love that. And this pe- this pay per view is special to me, and I'll talk about that once we get to it after the build up here. But um, it's probably not special to anybody else, but for some reason it is for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Raw after SummerSlam, Raw two seventy five. This is a, actually a Saturday night Raw. Um, this week and the next week are preempted because you know tennis draws in more viewers than wrestling. I guess. Oh wait, no, they don't. But anyway, <laughs> it's one of those things. It's the U.S. Open. It's the USA Network. I guess you got to do it. So whatever. So this is a Saturday Night Raw, and um, yeah, this one in the next week. But yeah, Vince has that promo and talks about he has this great Machiavellian plan, and I believe he says Machiavellian. You know, he says it wrong, <laughs> like he always does. But he says he's got this great plan to get the title off of Austin the next pay-per-view, which nowadays they would just strip you the title. Like, <laughs> they didn't think about that back then. So, I don't anyway, know. They yeah, haven't so, stripped uh, Brock Lesnar of the title yet. Yeah, that's touche. Although Kurt Angle threatened to, but anyway. Yeah. Um, Apologize for my creaky chair. I'm in a different spot tonight, but I'll try to keep the creaks down to a minimum. But um, yeah, he says Stone Cold's gonna have a physical and emotional breakdown when this plan is executed, and he says that uh, Taker dominated Austin at SummerSlam, which it, he had to. He was knocked out. <laughs> <laughs> but um, and he, you know, he had uh, he had uh, he called excuse me, but he calls Undertaker a fool for sending Kane to the locker room. So um, then he mocks Stone Cold Steve Austin because apparently that day Stone Cold was on Regis and Kathy <laughs> that morning. <laughs> Vince calls it, you're on that hot new talk show, Regis and Kathy <laughs> Lee, which <laughs> making fun of him for, I guess, Regis and oh, Kathy yeah. Lee's not cool. But uh, dude, Regis is a, was a huge wrestling fan back in the day. Man. <clears throat> yeah, he was, he man. Is all, he always had the wrestlers on Regis and Kathy Lee. Undertaker was on. Regis and Kathy Lee, I believe, at least once. Uh, maybe we'll throw that on the YouTube or uh, oh, on, the, yeah. uh, on the social media page. Oh, for sure, man. For sure. So, yeah, it's like back then he was making fun of it. Now they can't, like, wait to get people on talk shows, you know, <laughs> nowadays. Oh, yeah, yeah, John's, exactly. John Cena freaking hosts Today Show, like, twice a month. So, anyway, um, yeah, he's making fun of him, and he says, you know, makes fun of Taker for having class at SummerSlam. And he says something that I think we both agree that now these brothers are united, they should dominate everyone. And terrify everyone in the locker room. You know they're they're together and they should do that. And he says the the locker room is starting to snicker at them because they've been reduced to being. Undertaker and Kane have been reduced to nothing more than two putrid. Put- what in the hell is he saying? That's it. Two putrid. I'll go with wuss. I'll go with wussies with a silent P. Yeah, I think that's what Jr. and King say for the rest of the night. But yeah, yeah, he uh, he's trying to motivate them in a sense, trying to psych them out and, and and pump them up so that they can go after Stone Cold and take that title away from him. That's the long term story that's being told here. Is Vince is trying to get the WWF Championship on anyone but Stone Cold Steve Austin, and he's using Undertaker and Kane as part of his plan to rob that title off of them somehow, some way. Right, exactly. And he also calls Kane something else. Yeah, um, he refers to the brothers as the Undertaker and his, and I quote, retarded brother Kane, which, whew. dude, just watching this 20 years later, dude, imagine the CEO of a company going on TV in 2018 (laughs) and calling somebody retarded. Like they'd be fired faster than Papa John was a couple weeks ago, man. (laughs) This man just can't do that anymore. Absolutely. Ugh. Is no, things have changed. No, that works. You won't, you won't, you won't, 
Oh, yeah. You won't find that word in my vocabulary at all. But, uh, yeah, I was blown away hearing that. And then the putrid, you know what, after right, that. Right, so. that too. But that <clears throat> that seems to be the line, you know, um, putrid wussies. And then at that point, Taker and Kane make a beeline toward Vince. And Vince bolts through the crowd. And I just thought it was a nice production touch that we didn't have their music go off. Yeah. They yeah. come out like unannounced. Even though nowadays somebody comes out unannounced, their music still rolls. So uh, I like this touch back then. They come out, so they're 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 lit up. You know, they're they're ready to fight. So they're going to bells. They're going to continue to come out through this entire episode of Raw. <laughs> it is the Undertaker and Kane show, and I don't know, like it was to me, it's starting to get a little old with it. Like we've seen this so much on the past few months of Raw, Undertaker and Kane interrupting the show and, and beating people up, uh, but they uh, continue to do it through this episode of Raw. First, they Take out the uh, the uh, lethal weapon, Steve Blackman, as he's as mm. him and he's supposed to team up with Ken Shamrock to face DOA, and they specifically target Steve Blackman's leg as Undertaker puts on this leg lock. Uh, Jr. calls it a UFC like submission hold, and <laughs> it's a little early glimpses of the MMA style that Undertaker would soon add yeah. to his arsenal. Oh, absolutely! I love it. I, I've I didn't realize he started doing that stuff this early, you know. Right. We tend to think about it of it in the mid two thousands, you know. Um, but yeah, he started it back then. So again, he's always been a huge mark for UFC, as we know. We've seen him in the in the audience there in recent years. So um, yeah, I thought it was cool. But yeah, they they kind of play the heels here, taking out this baby face and ruining the match. And again, the commentary speculates that they've definitely been you know motivated by Vince's comments, you know. <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, but they continue later on. They come back out and ruin, you know, the battle of the big V's. You got Big Van Vader and the big Valbowski Valvinas. So, <laughs> and who wouldn't yeah. want to see that too? Oh, well, Bradshaw didn't, so he comes out. So, and then again, no music. Kane and Terry come back out. They annihilate Val and Vader, double choke slam, and then Lawler says, you know, Vince is accomplishing his mission. He's he's it worked. His Machiavellian plan is is working. You know, so. He has motivated these two monsters. They Later on, they try to use a sledgehammer to tear down Mr. McMahon's door to talk to him, but he's not in there. D'Lo Brown has just wrestled X-Pac. Undertaker and Kane come out to attack them, but The Rock actually comes out to make the save here and kind of begins a babyface turn a little bit here. Uh, he yeah. starts telling off the brothers, throws a towel in Kane's face, and gets a chokeslam for his troubles here. So this is sort of the rise of The Rock here to the main event scene that we're going to see uh, play out over the next few weeks. Again, Undertaker playing a role in it. You know, maybe an ancillary role, but still, like we've, we talked about that so much on the show, just how how big of a role he has in all these guys' you know, careers and just their rise to superstardom. You know, it's just insane how much he touches, you know. Oh, absolutely. Insane. We're going to see another big one. Next month, uh, well, I won't spoil it yet, but you might remember it. But uh, another one where Undertaker is indirectly responsible for one of the biggest stars being created. I can't wait to talk about that. So yeah, come back next week. That's right. Tune in for episode fifty-one. We'll touch on that. So um, <clears throat> after that, you know, they're shown pacing around backstage with a sledgehammer, and they beat up a production member backstage. So that's pretty fun. Um, and then Jr. tells us that Taker and Kane are headed there. We don't know what there is, but he says that. So. And then we have a Rockets main event that I, I, I it's so big and so bombastic. I can't even, you have to take it from here, man. I just can't even. 
well, it's out of control. I do want to just quickly mention right before the main event, we get a, a star-studded tag team match as Los Bariquas took on too much on on Monday Night Raw. That's a match <laughs> that happened, and you would think <laughs> with Undertaker and Kane coming out and destroying all these jobbers all throughout the show. This match is just begging for them to come out and hand out right. four choke slams. It has a bullseye on it. Nope. <laughs> they wrestled a five-minute match. And too much? Pick up a victory, man. I was so excited to see that. That was a big too much, Mark, man. I think I was no, the only one. Too much, man. Well, yeah, that match, if any match on this card needed a run-in, it was that one. But yeah, it didn't get it. But instead, but you- the main event gets ruined. The main event... Anywhere in the country <laughs> of Jeff Jarrett and Two Cold Scorpio. <laughs> what in the world, man? Just think How about it in kayfabe. Event? Yeah. That right. <laughs> this was booked as the main event of Monday Night Raw. <laughs> it's ridiculous, dude. So notice we haven't mentioned Steve Austin's name yet. He's not on the show. You yeah. Know, you got No Mankind. Yeah, nothing like that, you know. You got Taker and Kane kind of weaving the thread throughout the show. But yeah, Jarrett and Duke Cold Scorpio. Um, yeah. So and I think this is I think X Fight interferes. So there's only one clean finish in the whole evening of Raw, and it was that too much match. So yeah, but Taker and Kane come out and they assault Scorpio, and then Vince comes at the top of the ramp and he's just smiling like a proud papa. You know, his plans come to fruition, so he's excited and uh, the brothers hit Scorpio with one of those spiked tombstones they took out uh, Mankind with last month. So um, they stare down Vince, and he kind of bails to the back as they storm up the ramp. So, again, um, I kind of liked – I know you said you didn't really like this whole thing with him coming out a lot. I understand it is kind of getting tedious, but I like that they come out and just hit their finishers. Because like, you mentioned that with Austin at Royal Rumble of 97. Like, There's something to be said about somebody coming out and just nailing everybody with their finishers. So I, I like this. Um I know, you know, agree to disagree. It's all good. <laughs> well, to me, yeah, I see what you're saying, but it, it just kind of felt like going through the motions here on this. Sure. Ra- these two first two episodes of Raw going into breakdown. They're both on Saturday night. They're both taped, and it, it just yeah. felt like going through the motions because they weren't live. And really, the, they were using this episode of Raw to build up the next uh, night on Sunday Night Heat. That's what they were talking about <laughs> yeah, all exactly. night long. Because yeah. instead of on Raw, on Sunday Night Heat, we're getting the first ever team-up after a year of all this build-up of Undertaker and Kane. The Brothers of Destruction are going to wrestle together on Sunday Night Heat for the first Dude, time I, ever. <laughs> no, I could not believe it. I was like, why is this only – this goes to show you how big of a deal Heat was, man, I get yeah. first. That's a huge – that's a pay-per-view thing, man. Like To me, it just screamed like – this is free TV. This is Monday Night War driving this, you know? Like, they've got to win the war. So they're driving people to heat. or driving people to Raw to turn to heat because I guess Raw's on Saturday. So, you know, tune in, you know, and see what happens. So, yeah, they, and, the brothers team up and against especially, a wonderful tag team. Yeah, pay-per-view <laughs> quality tag team. <laughs> Darren Drozdov and the Animal. LOD 2000. Oh, my goodness, man. And during I, the match, we hear Hawk call in on commentary <laughs> As he's checking himself into rehab. What a wonderful storyline that was. Yeah, those things never worked. The whole Scott Hall being Good the thing Lord, and man. Hawk. Have those, that's too much. Bringing realism into wrestling is good, but when you bring that kind of, that's just too much, man. I, I, I'll draw the line there. <laughs> I'm not uh, a fan of that. What was going on with the finish to this match? Um, I don't know what happened here. It's like, so, 
I do want to say Kane and Taker gel really well together as a tag team, like yeah. off the get go. But and Taker's working Animal's knee, and he went. I don't know if he wins with a knee bar. He has him in a knee bar, and like I don't remember a bell going off or anything. But like, it's, oh no, the I bell rang. Dr- Dr- Undertaker has the leg hook on Animal, and Draws comes in and starts kicking Undertaker off of Animal. Oh, okay, and the bell rings. And okay. I don't know if Undertaker got disqualified yeah. for not letting go of the hold or Draws got disqualified because they didn't have an announcement. Right. But I've got no clue, man. For some reason, Undertaker and Kane couldn't get a clean finish over Draws and Animal. <laughs> what? After they just beat up the whole roster? Are you kidding me? Well, I mean, yeah. This is Draws and Animal. <laughs> he's going he's to puke. He's gonna puke. I wanted to so, puke after oh, watching yeah, this, that. Yeah, this match made me want to puke. But yeah, I'm not sure what happened, but Vince is watching on from the ramp, and Kane chokeslams draws, and Taker just won't let go of Animal. Or I think that's how yeah, it goes. And the commentary again tells us that Vince's master plan is going to be revealed tonight. Tonight's the night for the master plan to be revealed. So yeah, we'll see what happens here. They're not done yet, Undertaker and Kane and Vince, because Taker and Kane... Halfway through the show, they drag out the Stooges. They drag them out from the back by their ties. Undertaker gets on the mic and tells Vince he's got 10 seconds before he destroys the Stooges. The crowd, of course, they count it down, much like they did during the Iron Man match a few (laughs) weeks ago. So that's been going on for years. Uh, Exactly. And, of course, Vince McMahon does not show up, so we get treated to some more excellent (laughs) choke slams for Pat and Gerald. Man, no one sells it like they do. They are amazing. They should teach the backbone from a choke slam. They're great. They got synchronized stereo choke slams here for the Stooges. It's so good. Huge. Yeah. The only person I've seen rival them so far is The Rock. The Rock yeah. gets up big for choke slams too. He he's he does, and he he loves Pat Patterson, so he must have been watching him. Yeah, absolutely. So, and then that, again, that's still not all. This is this is a really packed show of heat, you know, episode of heat. So, lastly, Vince comes out to reveal his master plan, and he he comes out and he's wearing a black suit, and he's like, "Guess you're wondering why I'm wearing black." Or, or his commentary say that? I don't know no, who says it, but he says, he says, "Yeah, many of you must be wondering why Vince McMahon <laughs> is wearing black." Like, Literally, no one is wondering <laughs> yeah. that. I don't know. No one thought you were on a Johnny Cash fix. I don't know, man. <laughs> Maybe you're going to a funeral. I, who knows? But yeah, but he says he's wearing black because he's in mourning. So um, he says that Steve Austin will be the, at the next pay per view. And the brothers come out, and Vince starts to head out of the ring at this point. Because um, he says, yeah, he says Stone Cold will be there at September 27th, and Stone Cold's reign will die. He, he, so he's eulogizing. Stone Cold, Steve Austin's WWF Championship reign here. So, so he says that the match at Breakdown is going to be for the WWF title. He says Stone Cold Steve Austin is is. Um, he says that the Undertaker obviously is deserving of a rematch for the title, and that Kane is also deserving of a rematch for the title. So the only thing missing is Stone Cold, and. Stone Cold comes on out for Vince to make the official announcement. At first, he says that Kane will be the number one contender. And then he says Undertaker will as well. And we are going to get our first ever triple threat match on this podcast, at least. Yeah, absolutely. Not not the first in WWF history, but the first one involving The Undertaker and Stone Cold and Kane. 
Yeah, absolutely. And the man, the crowd loves Austin here, man. They are all over him. Just they want him so bad, and it's just so good. But yeah, it was. It, those of you who watch wrestling for as long as we have, you knew what was coming. Even back then, it's like, oh, he's no more contender. So is he? Okay, triple threat. But like back then, it may have been uh, you know, triple threats weren't really big at this point in WWE. They've only done well. They'll start to get more prominently featured, but well, especially on this pay per view, I think there's two of them. Yeah, uh, on back to back. Yeah, yeah, and one of them may have been the Raw beforehand. But anyway, um, it yeah, was still so kind of a big, big deal. Yeah, it was kind of a cool selling point, and I think we yeah. talked on this show before about how. If triple threat matches existed a few years ago, there definitely would have been some occasion for them. Maybe with like Kevin Nash and Bret Hart and Undertaker, it might have made sense yeah. to do something like that. Or, or even in, in early '97, you know, you could have done some stuff there. Uh, could yeah. have taken Undertaker's career in a different way. But uh, yeah, we're gonna get one here actually on pay per view. So we'll talk about yeah. that here in a few minutes. That brings us to Raw 276, which again is on September 12th. So preempted again on Saturday because the U.S. Open. Got a good recap video during the show. It kind of breaks down all the goings on here because Taker and Kane um, aren't on the show. <laughs> Neither is Austin nor Mankind. Uh, but the only thing really reminiscent of any storyline develop is that Rock comes out and pretty much gives a babyface promo. And he calls out Kane to a match at some point, basically. I guess. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. I'm just going to, you know, and it's kind of a babyface turn. It's a short lived one, but it's a babyface turn. And, uh, that's all. That's all we're going to cover this week on that raw. So the next night on Heat is what's happening next. So and again, not too much going on there either. Uh, Dilo Brown takes on Kane and Mark Henry and the Undertaker on the, on the outside with their respective partners. The Rock interferes, continuing his little feud here, going on with Kane. Hits Kane with a chair in the back, and then Undertaker chases the Rock to the back. Um, they do have some business in the ring with Undertaker and Mark Henry. The brothers get Mark Henry up for a double choke slam, give the spike tombstone to D'Lo. So again, the blending and the mixture of a lot of different feuds and a lot of different people all in this main event scene. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to point out Shane McMahon on commentary here. We haven't really talked about him much on commentary, but uh, he's, again, we mentioned last week's episode that this Heat is his show. I mean, he, like you said, he's ripping off the Godfather's gimmick. He's got the ladies <laughs> with him usually, but I don't think he had him here. But it's just funny because as they hit that tombstone pile driver, that spike went on D'Lo, Shane says, well, you've heard of the, of the dynamic duo. These two make up the demonic duo. So I just, again, being the Batman mark I am, the dynamic duo is Batman and Robin. So I appreciated that. I like that. Plus, yeah. Robin wears red, Kane wears red, Batman wears black, Taker's black. Yeah, I, I think I about it. that. So anyway, I, I think I'm looking way too far into it, but I love it. So anyway, yep. Yep. and then after that, Austin comes out with literally the ugliest Stone Cold t-shirt I've ever seen in my life. I don't think he ever wore it again. It's like camouflage, like riding on it and stuff. It is trash, man. Have you ever seen that? shirt i no i didn't remember it Mm-mm. it was horrifying but anyway he basically says he'll beat up taker he or he says he beat taker fair and square in the ring but he gives taker credit and says that he sent you know, for take for sending Kane to the bag and he respects him but there'll be no more mr nice guy stone cold and he won't give vince the satisfaction of letting somebody take the, the title from him and then he calls out shamrock which will lead to kind of where things are headed here so it's kind of weird that all these again all these people's storylines are melting over each other and, and, and intertwining. So pretty cool stuff, though. Yeah, they have this weird little side feud with Austin and Shamrock in the yeah. middle <laughs> of Austin, Kane, Undertaker, McMahon. It's, you know, we I, I love when 
there's multiple things going on and, and multiple people involved. It almost yeah. feels like a little bit too much going on at this yeah. point to kind of keep track of and almost watering down a little bit of it. You know, yeah, I like <clears throat> I like the WWF title picture to just kind of be one main focus, but sure. yeah, you know, I don't know. Uh, it's easier for us to here. keep up with too. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so that all gets bundled and blended in here together on September 14th, Raw, number 277. Hmm. With My wife's 10th birthday. <laughs> wow. She was 10 on this episode of Raw. Yeah, yeah. Well, we were 12. So, yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Anyway. She's not 10 right now. Vince Russo. No, 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 no. She's 30. Yeah, Russo asked me about it. You know, high school girls when I was a high school teacher. And so it was weird, man. He's got this Howard Stern like fetish thing. He loves Howard Stern. So, yeah, if you guys check that out, he does ask me if I hit on my high school te- school students or whatever when I was a teacher. So I told him no. No, thanks. So <laughs> happily married. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Yeah, anyway. Uh, <laughs> just the, the main idea here of this opening segment, you've got the yeah. – the, the main guys out there, Stone Cold McMahon, Taker, and Kane, and Vince, again, saying he's sick and tired of Austin having the title, and, um, but, and he says he's never going to forgive what Undertaker and Kane have done, but he's willing to work with them. He's going to scratch their back if they'll scratch his. So he lays out some new stipulations here. He says that, or Vince, pronouns, pal. Vince uh, <laughs> says that if uh, Stone Cold... <coughs> lays a finger on him, then Undertaker and Kane have been ordered to destroy Stone Cold. So that's one thing. And now, here's the important part. The matchup breakdown, triple threat, it's got a new stipulation there too. And that's that Undertaker cannot pin Kane, and Kane cannot pin the Undertaker. So they can only pin Stone Cold Steve Austin here. They are going to be forced to target him to get the win. So in Vince's mind, this is stacking the odds against Stone Cold Steve Austin. And we'll talk here in a little bit about why maybe he miscalculated there. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and he says, you know, if that way, if you lose, like you said, you screwed yourself basically. And so at this point, this kind of sets Austin off and he gives him the, uh, he gives him the bird. I think, you know, he just goes nuts and beats him and everything. And then Kane and Taker, again, they've been ordered to, retaliate so they do they do they you know start beating him up give him a double choke slam and they got a like the crowd is just booing this is the first we've really seen the crowd absolutely booing taker here i mean yes. we've con- talked about these shades of gray and stuff and i want to mention that later on because uh, it's something I, I you know know from from listening to russo but anyway um well they're working for vince mcmahon now yeah I mean, exactly. we, they were of, seeing the evidence of it yeah they, they've kind like, of been in that gray area but now yeah they're doing Vincent Mann's bidding, and Vincent Mann is the biggest heel in the business. He is, man, and he. This is kind of pre-corporation stuff. It's really cool to see it. The seeds kind of planted here, and the, my favorite part here is that Vince starts mocking Austin's little, like when he gets down and wiggles his head and does a jaw jacking and flipping the birds. And it's so funny to watch Vince do because he's so like clumsy and uncoordinated. It's so good, but. And then Kane and Taker leave like behind Vince, which is just it's weird to see them being so corporate. And uh, Taker says. <laughs> Nothing personal. It's just business. Uh, yeah, we're seeing that, you know, Vince has these guys in his pocket. It's a business decision, whatever you want to say. But, yeah, this really gives a definitive heel, like, aura to Kane and Taker here. Like, we're definitely Kane, but obviously Taker here. I get it. He's been a face since February of 92. So it's 
it's really a big deal, kind of. Oh, it's huge. Yeah, it's a huge yeah. evolution and development, and it's going to change his character for the next year or so. Uh, it's going to evolve into the the Ministry of Darkness, corporate ministry, all that sort of stuff. For yeah. Him, you're following business here, chasing the title and chasing the money, I guess, too. So very interesting turn here for The Undertaker, the supposed uh, conscience of the WWE. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess I'll save my comments for Vince's plan. Or should we? Yeah, let's I'll, talk about it when we get to yeah, that. Yeah, we'll, we'll wait. We'll wait till that. Yeah. Because, yeah, again, again, you Kane can pin Undertaker, Undertaker can pin Kane. Or can't, excuse me, cannot. They cannot, bros can't pin each other. They had to pin Austin again. Vince wants a title off of Austin, so we'll let's put a hold on that and we'll we'll pick it up when we get to it. But um, yeah, some some flaws there. <laughs> uh, the Rock ends up taking on Kane here, so we get a little resolution sort of for their storyline that's been going on for a couple weeks. And the Rock is quickly becoming the so over <laughs> second hottest baby face in the company. Man, he is getting. Enormous react. The crowd is just dying to start cheering for him, dude. Yeah, it's, it's great. It's really fun to see. It's really cool. They, I mean, they are just like like I always say. Austin has been the palm of the, his hand, man. They're eating up every single one of Rock's mannerisms, the people's elbow, the signature spots. They are popping for them. When just weeks ago they were booing him, man. It's just amazing yeah. what a little slight change. And he doesn't even change his character really. He just kind of no. changes who who he's verbally assaulting. You know, like. That's the only thing that changes about him. It's so brilliant to see the fans love him so much so quickly. So, um, One thing interesting, though, is that JR says during commentary, Taker and Kane made a deal with the devil, or rather Vince made a deal with two devils, which I thought that was a pretty cool cool quote there. So That's a good point. The uh, Undertaker interferes in this match, which is the main reason why we're talking about it. Yeah, the ref is down. Undertaker comes out and interferes, and... All of a sudden, Mankind shows up out of nowhere. We haven't seen him since SummerSlam. And he's got the sledgehammer that Kane attacked him with at SummerSlam. So he attacks Kane with that sledgehammer. Undertaker and gets a huge pop. He's babyface now, too. Yep. Exactly. It's awesome. Uh, And Kane, uh, the big story here is Kane can't sit up. He tries to do his the zombie sit up here, and he can't do it after the sledgehammer. So showing a major showing of weakness there for the first time. But Undertaker says, This has gone on way too far. Tonight, it ends right here. What's he talking about, JR? Me and you, once and for all, and bring your sledgehammer. Oh man! Oh man! There you go. To a match. Sledgehammer on a pole match, man. Not really, but that's my hammer, (laughs) dude. I haven't thought of that video in forever. We won't. I think about it about once a week, man. Not always. Oh, that's my hammer. But I mean, a huge story, man. Rock just pinned a former WWF champion, Kane, dude. Like, yeah, good for him. You know, I see something in him. So. Yeah, Mankind is going to accept this challenge, and he starts smashing the set with a sledgehammer backstage. He's got these nasty-looking wounds on his face. I guess they're supposed to be from getting hit with a sledgehammer at SummerSlam. But anyway, later on, he brings a ladder and a sledgehammer to the ring for this match. So I guess he's going with a sledgehammer ladder match. <laughs> Didn't I guess. Money in the sledgehammer in the bank match. <laughs> dude, Triple H must have really felt left out here, dude. Everyone's oh, using sledgehammers, yeah. and he's not invited to the party. 
I know, man. Nobody invited the cerebral assassin to the sledgehammer party. So, anyway, um, Taker brings that one he he has, and this kind of just a brawl and you know a typical Taker mankind match. And but again, mankind takes bumps to a table again, like he doesn't need to, and he gets nailed into the dumpster. And I think the, the finish kind of comes when uh, Taker tombstones him on the chair and goes to hit him with a sledgehammer. But as he does, of course, there's a dumpster out there. So who pops out of it? <laughs> Pop the goes rock. the rock. Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. He comes in, attacks Taker's leg, and then uh, somehow, oh, 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 I think Rock throws Mankind over the barricade, doesn't he? Yeah, it kind of saves him. It's yeah. a little glimpse into the future of the Rock. It's not connections. I like that, you know? It's cool it, stuff. Yeah, teasing something that we'll see uh, a few months down the line. I get lots of teases in this show, and yeah. I, yeah. I don't know how much of it was intentional, but it's cool to look back in hindsight and to see a lot of that in there. Yeah. So basically, if you put a casket or a coffin or a dumpster nearby in the ring in 1996 to 1998, someone's popping out of it. Exactly. Always. And you know what? You're going to get over if you pop out of a dumpster. Exactly. (laughs) Anyway. Another rule. Exactly. The, uh, that's not that's not it for Taker this episode though. Something else happens. Yeah, the main event it. of the show is Steve Austin and Ken Shamrock. Kind of a weird match. Austin yeah. acts a little heelish here in this match. He Again, really does. The the dynamics here are, are kind of all over the place. A little bit too much of these shades of gray, uh, in my opinion. But yeah. anyway. Undertaker and Kane interfere at the end of the match, which causes a double disqualification. But I guess this is really all building up not only Undertaker Kane and Steve Austin, but like you mentioned, there's another triple threat match on breakdown for the number one contendership between Rock, Mankind, and Ken Shamrock. So this is what this is all about. Every one of those guys is going to supposedly have a case for why they should be the number one contender here. Uh, Rock and Mankind come in and hit the ring and, and try to make the save. So, you know, it's chaos between all six of these guys, really, as this episode of Raw goes off the air. Yeah, basically, it goes off like that. So, <clears throat> again, really cool to see everybody's stuff intertwining, but that brings us to Heat, episode 8. That's on September 20th, 98. So, this is the week before, the Sunday before um, breakdown here. So, Vince is backstage talking to, <laughs> to the brothers here during this riveting Mankind versus Dustin Runnels match. This is what... This is when Dustin Reynolds was a televangelist or whatever. It was, goodness gracious, man. I'll, this, I want to block this out of my memory. Yeah, the less it's, said, the better about that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the main event is the Brothers of Destruction on the show with Kane and Undertaker against DOA. Just another <laughs> thrilling tag team encounter <laughs> right there. But uh, Kane and Undertaker do have a promo backstage with old Michael Cole. Uh, who's asking them about their business deal with Vince. And Undertaker again reiterates that it's strictly that, strictly business. Uh, says <laughs> Undertaker says he would not throw scolding hot water on Vince who made if he was on fire, which... What? <laughs> what does up. that mean? Jumbled in his words right there. Yeah. I don't know. He's like, I wouldn't throw scalding hot water on him if he's on fire. I was like, yeah, you shouldn't. You should throw cold water on him if he's on fire. I don't understand. So um, anyway, but... Michael Cole, investigative journalist, pushes and he starts bringing up Mankind, Rock and Shamrock and all that. And Taker basically says, like, why does everyone feel the need to anger us? Uh, yeah, Taker says that, um, anger me and Kane. And, you know, they better leave themselves out of it. And if they want to get involved, we take no prisoners. We show no mercy. And says they'll beat DOA tonight. And then Kane, again, speaks for, I guess, what's this, the second time? Yeah, we've heard second him? or third time, I think. Yeah. 
And uh, if, if you will, allow me to do my Kane impression, impersonation Go again for here. It. So I love he says, it. <clears throat> Austin, our destiny will be your demise. So, Bravo. <laughs> oh. I enjoyed that. <laughs> what, what if you I did the whole podcast like that? Oh, man, I think we'd have um, no one listen to us. <laughs> uh, maybe how, one of those Kane Undertaker matches will do it. So, How long do you think you could sustain that? Probably about 10 more seconds after what I just did. <laughs> okay, got it. <laughs> it's rough. It's pretty tough. <laughs> it's really, yeah, it's tough. So. Uh, um, oh, man. so let's do Raw go-home show for breakdown. Let's bring this back home. Yeah, uh, yeah. Those six guys are those six guys getting a brawl, the six oh, yeah, we yeah, mentioned. Yeah, and right. then Forgot. basically DOA loses pretty easily to gain with a tombstone. So, yeah, brings us to Raw 278, uh, which is on September 21st maybe so week before yeah six days before breakdown so yeah um you talk about this one because i didn't write it down for some reason <laughs> okay um <laughs> uh, <laughs> rock joins shamrock mankind events who are already in the ring to open the show that, that's the second week we've seen that they're already kind of yeah. in the ring so that's kind of cool so but at this point kane and taker are guarding the entranceway so you see them even you know again it's a business decision they say but they're even working more with Vince here and Vince says Austin has to choose a partner to face the brothers tonight. You know, um, he doesn't want any of these three guys, Shamrock, Mankind, or Rock, to be the partner because he makes a match. As you mentioned, there can be a triple threat match to be the number one contender to face the WWF champion on Raw next week. So, again, breaking this down for you, whoever wins this triple threat between Shamrock, Rock, and Mankind will face the winner of Kane, Rock, I mean, excuse me, Kane, Taker, and Austin. Uh, whoever wins that, they'll face them next week on Raw. So I like the storytelling there. I appreciate I that. I do too, yeah. These matches have stakes. They mean something. Yes. Um, but I want to mention that even though Taker's kind of working for Vince, he's got this just – he's playing it so well because he has this look with like just a straight face and his arms are crossed the entire time. Like he's kind of teed off, you know, not really happy with himself about what he's doing, but he's doing what he's doing because he has to. So I really appreciate that there, the little nuances he has. Good stuff. He is. He's the – Best performer in WWE history, in my opinion. Yeah. It's the little stuff. You know, it's of course it's the big, over the top character stuff that everyone loves and gives him credit for. But man, he as we've seen in the show, the little nuances, he excels. He's got it. Yeah, that's what he puts. That's what puts him over the top here. Exactly. Uh, we see Undertaker and Kane walking backstage, uh, arriving to the building. They show footage from earlier to the yeah. day and. <laughs> This is yeah. my favorite. Oh, yeah. Another glimpse at Kane's casual wear and his sweatsuit that we saw him getting a DNA test in a few weeks ago with a towel over his head, too, which we would go on to see later on in later years. Oh, wow. I didn't think about that. Yeah. Yeah. Once he shaved his head and everything. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. And we see uh, somebody interesting backstage as they pass by. A young fallen angel, Christopher Daniels, is standing yeah. backstage. If you've got a keen eye, you can pick him out back there. I think he's got hair on his head, too, which he is does. weird, really weird to see. It's weird because I think you and I both noticed that that was him, you know? Like, yeah. it didn't even take me a second. I just, I just like, oh, that's Christopher Daniels right there. But it's one of those weird, like, it's weird that he's never been a full-time, like, on their roster, you know? Like, especially nowadays, like, everybody's there, you know? Or everybody's at least come through, like... He was allegedly supposed to be the higher power, wasn't he? So yes, like, I believe. Ninety nine. Bruce Pritchard has talked about that on his podcast, and yeah. maybe Vince Russo too. That was yeah. their original pitch. 
to be the higher power in the Ministry of Darkness, which can you imagine that? Yeah, I was going to say, imagine the just the Undertaker dust would have been sprinkled on him from that, you uh-huh. know, like how crazy would that be? But yeah, anyway, quick little cameo by there. If you blink, you'll miss it, but cool stuff. We like to see those kind of Easter eggs kind of hidden throughout these episodes. So anyway, good stuff. But yeah, this is my favorite thing we've seen so far is this footage of them arriving. He looks like Johnny Cash, Taker does, and yeah, Kane's got his windbreaker and his ski mask on. It's awful. <laughs> well, my favorite thing had to be the match itself. You know, uh, we see Undertaker and Kane, and I, I completely blocked this out of my memory. They take yep. on Stone Cold and their mystery partner. Drum roll, please. Billy Gunn! <laughs> what? Oh. What? Billy Future. Gunn? Dude, didn't he win a King of England next year? He does. That's right. Oh, my goodness. That's crazy. I was so let down. A tag team wrestler with Road Dog at this point. This is just yeah, out of nowhere, man. I test run for a Billy Gunn solo push. I don't know what this was, but uh, yeah, I mean, it happened. (laughs) Yeah, why not triple it? You know, like well, he was hurt. Yeah, he had had knee injury at this point. But why not X Pac? Yeah. Why Billy Gunn? <laughs> yeah, he's a tag team wrestler. Yeah, I have no idea. Maybe they wanted a big guy because he's a big guy. Billy Gunn is, so yeah. I don't know. Vince loved him, man. Gave him chance yeah. after chance after chance. Yeah, he did. So yeah, but <clears throat> that, yeah, I was so let down by this. I, I didn't remember who it was. Um, and Vince is angry backstage. He's like, "What the is this?" You know, like, he's mad at the Stooges for some reason. Like they, like they, like it's their fault. Right. This happened. So, um, but man, this crowd loved Austin. Oh my he, um, Yeah. I can't even put over enough that, but um, yeah, it's out of control, man. I can't believe this happened. So, Taker and Kane get a choke slam on Billy Gunn. Um, do they? Who the one was wrote down who won? So <laughs> I can't remember. I guess it won. doesn't really matter. It doesn't. But, uh, matter. That's just weird that Billy Gunn was in that match. So. Oh, no, they, <laughs> take no, our minds won. off of it. I wrote it down. Taker and Kane win with a choke slam on Billy Gunn. Yeah, oh, they Austin win. Hits, you're right. You're yeah, right. Austin hits both of them in the head. Uh, I think with a chair after the match. It's yeah. Kane and Taker in the head of the chair. So, yeah. So, that's how it goes. Yeah, I was too enthralled with Billy Gunn's appearance on my screen. So, lost sight. Well, uh, Mankind and Rock and Shamrock is again the main event. So, we're supposed to be finding out who the number one contender is going to be. But, what do you know? Taker and Kane yeah. <laughs> interfere before the match is over. They attack everybody uh, yeah. in there. Give a double choke slam to The Rock, and they go to leave, uh, but then attack Mankind again as Austin attacks Vince out in the aisle. Yeah. So, again, Taker and Kane are busy doing their own thing, which leaves Miss and Man open and vulnerable to an attack from Stone Cold. They do eventually chase him off there, but that's how we go home, heading into Breakdown. Yeah, that's that, and it's just... It's just an interesting finish, you know. It's not as hot as SummerSlam was, you know. I think, again, I'll talk about this pay per view in a second, but it's not as hot. But it's still some neat stuff. But definitely cooled off a little bit since SummerSlam. Um, but one thing I want to know, man, is where in the heck is Paul Bearer? Where is this? Where is he? Yeah, you guys at home uh. are probably listening, wondering why haven't they talked about Paul Bearer yet? Yeah, <laughs> we haven't seen him since the night or the week before SummerSlam, and. Man, you brought it up in your notes here, and I honestly, I kind of, I, I, I kind of just glanced over it. I, I didn't even notice it, which is crazy to think of how important he's been, how much we've loved him. 
But yeah, he's just kind of slips out the back door here. And yeah. um, not to spoil too much uh, for 20-year-old wrestling, but we are going to see him <laughs> on next week's episode finally sure. do return. So he's going to be back shortly. But yeah, interesting that he doesn't play a role. I guess there was too much other stuff going on for them yeah. to try to fit him in there. I'm not sure. Or maybe he went on vacation with that girl who was screaming in his house. Hello. When Undertaker <laughs> broke in there. <laughs> who knows? Oh, hello. Maybe he was in LA or New York. Who knows? But um, anyway, <laughs> speaking, of so, speaking of so much going on, I want to say that um, it's really funny seeing all these <laughs> you all right? I'm great. <laughs> Seeing these uh, shades of gray and this face, you know, these face and heel turns, these talents. And like I said, it's not even that they're doing anything different. It's just, I mean, Taker is kind of working for events here, but like as far as his mannerisms, his style, everything's the same. And like, you know, Austin was working heel in that match earlier and Rock's kind of turned face now. And I just want to mention something that like Russo says a lot. And even um, Pritchard said it on his show, I believe, when they talked about Russo was that. Russo and Ferraro, he, he talks about this a lot. Russo, he says like we would just try to get into the mind of the character and say what would like like for instance, what would Undertaker do here? What would you know Steve Austin do here? How would the character of this guy react in the situation? So it's not so much as like they cared about is he a face or is he a heel? Like depending on who he's fighting, it's just literally what would mankind do? So, like mankind came back and he's kind of a face now because he beat up Kane with a sledgehammer. Well, why did he do that? Because Kane beat him up with a sledgehammer, you know, so it's, it's kind of funny. It's, it's, they're, not, they're not so worried about, you know, black and white. It's, there is a lot of gray, but I just really thought that once I heard that quote from him, it's really cool to think about because it does make sense. It's not. It's more about character-based reactions, you know, like like a TV show would be. It's not necessarily, you know, good versus bad. So I, I really like that, and that makes kind of puts a little bit of a perspective of where these guys were coming from and why everything is so muddy and gray because they were just worried about, how this particular character would react to the situation, you know? So I think we could use a little bit more of that nowadays rather than just, oh, we hated each other for seven months, Braun Strowman and Roman Reigns, now we're tag teaming together. It's like, no, still have some animosity there, you know? So anyway, that's my soapbox for now. <laughs> no, yeah, it's, I think you notice, it, just going through the length of our episodes, you know, there's just so much more nuance and character stuff for yeah. us to talk about. You know, it's not just us we love to hear our own voices um, no there's just so me, much more like depth to, to a lot of yeah. this stuff than undertaker and kamala and kamala is black and he's afraid of coffins because <laughs> apparently all <laughs> black people in wrestling are afraid of coffins yeah. uh big fat and fat people black people and fat, yeah. fat people <laughs> afraid of yeah apparently according to wwf <laughs> in the early 90s that was so it that's, for that storyline and those aren't like our you thoughts. said there's all these layers to all this stuff so there's a lot <laughs> more to talk about here um, and there's even more on the heat before breakdown. Uh, I'll just try to sum it up real quick. Yeah, I'm um, Vince adds one more stipulation to the main event, and that's that if anyone interferes in the main event, that Stone Cold will be stripped of the WWF title. So, again, just another obstacle for Stone Cold to overcome. Vince also does something important. He guarantees that Austin will not leave as the WWF champion. So remember that heading into the match. Then they do all this business where uh, Mark Henry comes out. Vince puts Mark Henry in a match uh, later on tonight in, in a steel cage match against Stone Cold Steve Austin to try to soften him up for uh, later on. Uh, so that's going to be the main event of Heat. The cage comes down. And Mark Henry actually gets attacked by China before the match. 
Because that's been going on all month, too. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which leaves Vincent Mann stuck all alone in the cage because Undertaker and Kane are standing outside of the cage before this match. Uh, except he's not alone. There's a cameraman in the ring. The cameraman takes off his wig and his hat, and it's actually Stone Cold in the cameraman's outfit to get a few punches in on McMahon before Taker and Kane could come in, and Austin climbs out. Uh, so, again, we see uh, Austin has got the odds stacked up against him, but he's not giving up here, man. He's, he's ready to fight. He's got a nice beard on. I love it. It's like <laughs> weird great. seeing him with a beard. So. I loved it. Yeah, it was awesome. It was awesome. So... That uh, uh, and Vince ends the show again, reiterating that he will be holding the WWF Championship at the beginning of Monday Night Raw tomorrow night because Stone Cold will not leave the arena with the title in his hands. Subtlety, yep. everyone. <laughs> this yeah, is a man's exactly. suit. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it is good storytelling, and I, and I appreciate it. Um, no, it is. And I know you appreciated this pay per view back in the day. I do, yes. That brings us to Breakdown in Your House, uh, September 27th, 98, from the Cops Coliseum in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. So another international incident, if you will. But um, I've been waiting to talk about this show, man, because this show is special to me, not because there's any five-star matches on it um, or anything, but this is the very first WWF VHS that I ever owned. <laughs> so I bet no one else can say that. <laughs> So, um, but uh, for Christmas in 1998, I got this and a Sting Unmasked, the WCW. Which, oh, yeah, oh, I remember that one. You remember that one? Yeah. If I can find them in my basement, I'll put a picture of them on our social media. But um, I wore both these tapes out, man. I loved it. Again, I'd seen plenty of wrestling at this point. You know, I'm an avid fan for the last year over that since, we, since you and I met. So seen plenty, rented plenty but i hadn't owned one myself so i owned this one my parents got it for me they just picked one that was out you know so i love this show for some yeah. reason yeah oh, <laughs> just because yeah, yeah it is man and so it's just it just holds a distinction of being my first ever you know owned pay-per-view so i remember everything that happened on the show i'll never forget it and uh, just like i said i wore this and sting unmasked out love them both they were good so anyway i've been looking forward to talking about the show because of that so it's really nothing to write home about once i watched it again this week so. yeah you know i think it's almost <laughs> underrated like i think there's some kind of sleeper matches like owen hart and edge and yeah that's just really cool to think about yep. you don't think about those two guys intersecting their careers right but they open the show. The the triple threat with Rock, Austin, and Mankind is really fun. The steel cage match, their uh, number one contender match is good. Main event. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I don't know. <laughs> we'll talk yeah, about. We'll it get to it here. Uh, yeah, well, let, let's talk about it. Um, yeah, well, yeah, there's a let's cool. Talk about the promo beforehand first. Yeah, well, there's a cool opening package about the master plan. It's got a lot of MLK and military and JFK quotes. It's really, really well done. And that's, yeah. that, when I was watching this back this week, it really stood out to me. I, 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 I forgot that was from this pay-per-view, but I remembered I was taken back to when I was 12 years old again just watching yes. this. And um, JR and King on commentary. This is also the show where Christian debuts. So I just uh -huh. I remember I'll never forget seeing him. But we got the uh, And the Hardy Boys are on Sunday Night Heat. They are, as the actual Hardy Boys, not as jobbers anymore. But yeah, well, they're still they get jobbers, a win. Kinda. Yeah, they get a win there. So, yeah, big stuff happening in the WWF. So we got Michael Cole in, in investigating with a – he's backstage with the Demons of Destruction. So <laughs> they got their name too. So 
And Taker says it's nobody's business who's going to walk out the champion. He and Kane have an understanding. We'll see the total annihilation of Stone Cold Steve Austin. And then the camera zooms in on him as he rolls his eye, and we have a new piece of The Undertaker's outfit. And I flat out forgot about this. It is the eyebrow ring. Yikes. (laughs) You know, some people hate the uh, teardrop tattoo. Dude, I'll take teardrop tattoo any day over the Undertaker with an eyebrow ring, dude. Hard I pass. Got <laughs> no idea why he had that man. Ew. Was it supposed to make him look hard or something or edgy? <laughs> I I don't know, man. It does not so, age well. <laughs> no, it looks terrible. <laughs> terrible. Oh, it's, uh, speaking of bad decisions, so you know, thank you. Which brings up what we started to mention earlier. Yeah. Before the match, we get a cool video package, as always. And then King yeah. and JR are talking, setting up the match. Jerry Lawler brings up the point. In my view, no WWF champion has ever had the deck stacked against him, the odds against him that Stone Cold Steve Austin has. Come on, I am so sick of hearing that, JR. Let me tell you what the real truth is. See, Kane and The Undertaker, they're the ones that had no choice. They can only beat Steve Austin. But Steve Austin. He can beat either Kane or The Undertaker. So he can beat two men. He's got double the chances, double the opportunities to win this match. And we also heard... It's really in his favor. And what about Mr. McMahon's interference rule? Well, now that's a different story. Exactly. I agree wholeheartedly. (laughs) And that's what I wanted to say earlier. I'm glad we saved it till now. But I'm like, okay, first of all, King's probably getting yelled at in his earpiece if Vince is is covering this. Oh, yeah. Because he keeps bringing it up during the match, too. And I can just imagine Vince on... (laughs) Vince or, or Bruce Pritchard, yeah, or Bruce Pritchard's yelling at him in his ear. Kill him the like, gimmick, King. Exactly. But I'm thinking, from a kayfabe standpoint, Vince is obsessed with getting the title off Austin. Why wouldn't you say Kane and Undertaker can only pin each other, and then ding, 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 bell rings, knock Austin over the top rope, one of them lays down, and the other one pins him? Like that way, you get the title off of him immediately. The match is five seconds long. Would it be a schmoz finish and take people off? Absolutely. But that's what wrestling does sometimes like that to me that would have made more sense from a kayfabe standpoint so i didn't really get it and then like i said i was thinking about that and then watching this match king just brings it up and i was like whoops <laughs> well i guess you couldn't do that because as we see later in this match Undertaker and kane couldn't decide who was right. going to be the champion so that True. might not have worked but i understand what you're saying yeah it was, yeah it, they it sounded good on paper, but then once you actually start to think through the logic of it, it starts to make less and less sense. Which uh, is a Russo criticism. You know, sure. He, fairly, he fairly, fairly gets that. Russo definitely deserves criticism for that kind of stuff. So, um, do, do you think when Kane came out, though, like, so Kane comes out for this match, to me, there was no reaction for him. You know, I was reading some, uh, this guy on Reddit has been putting up these old Wrestling Observer recaps. He's been posting these things for like 20 years ago, just kind of talking about Old Observer, some of the news and reporting on there. I was looking at the ones leading up to this show and and reviewing yeah. this show, and Meltzer brought up that the crowd was kind of dead, and he thought it was because the show was too long because they had Sunday Night Heat right before it, mm. which was different. For They used to just have maybe one free-for-all match. It's and true. now, like we talked about, there was a whole episode with the build-up like all the storyline stuff on hmm. Heat and three or four matches on there. So now, breakdown, this main event, it's like the 13th or 14th match 
on the show. It's sort of the same problem that we're starting to see with these five-hour pay-per-views that they're putting on nowadays. He he speculated huh. that that killed the crowd here, and I, you know, I think the match probably wasn't all that right, uh, all that to write <laughs> home about either. But yeah, uh, you bring up a good point that the crowd's kind of dead for the uh, from the get-go. That's an excellent observation by him, man. Like, yeah, he he's he's right, he's wrong, it is what it is. But yeah, that's a fantastic observation. It made sense, and yeah, that's why we get what we get today nowadays in these pay per views. So yeah, but yeah, Kane comes out. Honestly, I don't think it's any reaction. And King starts saying he doesn't like the Canes alone. I'm like, it's a triple threat. Like, it's going to come out alone. But <laughs> yeah. anyway, but then JR's like, well, maybe it's not brotherly love like we're meant to believe. So anyway, Undertaker comes out next to a better reaction, but still not what we're used to. I mean, he gets noise, but um, and he comes out with, with his game face on, JR says. So, and as he's coming down the aisle, something happens. Stone Cold attacks him with a steel chair, hits him over the head with it. Then he nails Kane as well, and the three of them brawl in the aisle uh, or, or around the outside. And it makes sense. That's exactly what Austin should be doing here. And yep. He's got his back against the wall. He's got to do whatever he can to take an advantage here. He's got two monsters against him. What else would you expect him to do? Very, very well done start to the match. Oh, yeah. I love that. I love the, when it seems like it's real, you know, like when yes. you get to the kayfabe, you know, you. Like we mentioned in last week's episode with SummerSlam, when Taker went for a pinfall right at the beginning of the match, you know, it's it's good stuff to see like it's real and it means something. So yeah, there's a lot. This match is really slow and kind of plotting. Uh, a lot of brawling around the outside and in the ring, and it's it's a story gonna... based match. You know, exactly it's telling a story throughout, which I appreciate. Sure, but it was kind of hard and slow to watch at points as well. There's yeah. not a ton of exciting action and moves and stuff that happens so you know it's uh it's a mixed bag for me yeah it is definitely and like i said there's lots of brawling i think there's a few wrestling moves a body slam at the beginning and um i think austin sidesteps a diving clothesline and it and kane does and he starts uh austin starts beating up kane and then taker kind of saunters into the ring with a chair and Kane tosses Austin over the top rope right into Undertaker. And I just wrote, the crowd is quiet, except for like the first three rows. But at this point, Taker gets thrown into the steps, and then Austin crotches Kane on the ring post. <laughs> I love this part, because JR's like, the Undertaker may never be an uncle now. And I'm like, if you think that's what's stopping Kane from having kids, like, this dude was burned, right, when he was 20, and he wears a jumpsuit and a ski mask. I don't know, dude. I don't think anybody's going to have kids with him, so... Walking around Comic Con, people are into weirder stuff than that, bro. Uh, <laughs> oh my word, that's that's true. But it's I just too thought it, true. Was, it was funny. So uh, anyway, Austin finally wakes the crowd up here. He hits a yes. stunner early on to Kane. Uh, gets a two count, but Undertaker pulls him off here, and that's going to be you know Austin's not going to get a lot of offense in here. He. Uh, He's selling like a mug oh, in this match, man. The whole <laughs> yeah. match, dude, is Undertaker and Kane just picking him apart. Uh, Austin's going to do what he can to kind of create some separation between the two of them, but it's just going to be complete dominance for the for the meat of the match from Undertaker and Kane. Double-teaming him. They, uh, they do some stuff on the outside, like Austin uses a cable to choke Kane out, and then Undertaker comes up behind him. And yeah. <laughs> uses a cane to choke out Austin. Nice little uh, triple threat spot here. Um, yeah, I like that. Kane and Taker drop Austin down onto the Spanish announce table, and 
wear him down on the outside, and that's going to bring the uh, Stooges out to watch the match in the aisle. Yeah, to again a chorus of boos. I keep saying the Stooges are the Stooges are over as heels, man. Like the crowd hates to see them. They know something stupid is going to happen. So, um, and I just throw again, Austin's selling like a mug, man. He is selling so much. He's, he doesn't get a um, good rap for how well he can sell, um, especially at this point in his career. He's usually on the offense, it seems. But anyway, lots more double teaming up the aisle way. Again, it's the it's the attitude error, so you got to brawl up the aisle way and toward the crowd. So. Um, Austin has a hope spot and makes the crowd come alive for a second. Then he gets backdropped on the floor again. Dude needs to quit taking backdrops on the floor. Yep, you got a you got a bad neck, man. Um, and then he probably one of my favorite parts of the match. He just attacks Briscoe. It's <laughs> great. He just starts <laughs> swinging away at Briscoe. Up there. I did appreciate that. Absolutely. Yeah, and then Sergeant Slaughter actually hits him. I don't know if he was supposed to, but he actually hits Austin there. So thought that was cool. But anyway, Kane Taker drag him back toward the ring and commentary selling how he's going to be on his last legs. And again, more double teaming, some hope spots. Kane chases off Earl Hebner and uh, Austin was in a leg bar from Taker. And then finally he gets out and Mudhole stomps Kane in the corner. Um, Austin chants at this point from the crowd. And uh, at this point, I think he grabs a chair. So Austin grabs a chair and is able to nail Kane with it for a two count. But then Undertaker... Again, uh, takes Austin down, nails him with the chair, I believe, and covers him. And here's where things start to get exciting and pick up. Yeah. Because as Undertaker is covering Austin, Kane pulls the Undertaker off of the pin. So finally, after about 15 minutes, we get some dissension between the brothers as to who is actually going to get the pin on Stone Cold Steve Austin. And that that really wakes the crowd up, too. They they like seeing... The dissension between the brothers. They liked seeing him team up for the first time, and they yeah. liked seeing him fight here too. So uh, Undertaker returns returns the favor to Kane uh, right afterward as well. Kane goes for a pin, and Undertaker pulls him off. Yeah, and then he actually nails him from behind, and the crowd pops for that. Yeah, they, they, they finally again. fight fighting with. <laughs> they finally start fighting with each other. Yeah, exactly. And Taker eats some right hands from Kane, and Austin gets tossed out of the ring. So. Austin comes back in with a choke and hits a Russian leg sweep on Kane. So take a page out of the <laughs> Taker's playbook there. Get a Russian leg sweep with a two count, man. So, yeah, Stooges are looking on. Uh, but, again, I just – it goes to show that it doesn't – there's really no face heel here. But, like, if Taker does something cool, the crowd pops for it. You know, like yeah. they're still kind of like him. You know, he's still Taker to them. But he still gets booed when he's supposed to. It's just really cool. Again, giving that Russo book in of how would this character respond in this situation. So. I like that. They brothers start uh, again. They they start taking turns, kind of shoving each other off of pins. They, they keep going for pins on Austin, and they keep yeah. breaking them up here. Uh, McMahon's plan is starting to really fall apart. Uh, but and then, <laughs> unfortunately, in my opinion, the match kind of falls apart as well. Uh, amongst all of this, it, it was just really weird to watch. Like the last two or three minutes, it seems like. Everybody's timing gets off here. Uh, yeah, you know, it does. I, I don't even know how to describe it, but it really, I, I don't know if it, it seemed like it was Kane, really, that was kind of off on things. They are just kind of yeah. falling all over each other doing moves, and it's just really weird. I, I don't know any other way to describe it. Yeah, it's straight. Like they hit the double down, you know, clothesline spot where Taker and Kane are both down. And after that's when it really just falls apart, like you said. Yeah, Austin. Uh, gets up and he tees off on both of them. And then Kane 
tries a power slam and then he misses an elbow, but like Taker was supposed to go for the elbow, you could tell, and then he hits it afterward. It's just very strange. Like they forgot what was supposed to happen, and then Kane goes for a tombstone and Taker goes up to spike it, but then Austin like shoves Kane into Taker and crafts him on top rope, and then he goes for a stunner, but then he gets shoved into a big boot by Undertaker, and then here comes the finish of the match. I'll let you take it from here. So. It is very weird, though. It looks the timing is off for sure. Yeah, it's it's not exciting. It's not well done, but it leads into Kane and Undertaker hitting a double choke slam. They both cover Stone Cold. Earl Hebner counts to three, and rings the bell, yep. and that's it. And we hear the yeah. think with the announcement: the winner of this bout and new WWF champion. And he pauses and doesn't know what to say because we've just seen both guys get the cover here at the same time. Uh, The crowd doesn't know how to react. It's kind of dead and and weird and confusing. But Vince McMahon comes out all jovial. His his plan has apparently paid off. Uh, As Gerald Briscoe steals the Smoking Skull belt, runs it back over to Mr. McMahon, and Mr. McMahon gets what he guaranteed. He walks out with the title, and Stone Cold is no longer the champion, even though we don't know who actually is. Yeah, it's weird, man. Like Again, I always get the match times. About 22 minutes and 15 seconds, I think. But it's a neat ending, like the way they both they give it's him creative. the uh, choke slam, then they, then they both fall backwards onto him. You know, um, yeah. We see some more innovations of that later on in, in wrestling. But uh, it was really cool, but like... Yeah, the timing was so off there, and it, it is weird. It's like, well, who? I don't know. It's it's a far cry from the Hogan must pose, as Pritchard says. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's a far cry from that. So yeah, um, and uh, Austin chases Vince to the back, kind of, and Vince he runs into a white limo and he rides away as um, Austin basically beats up a bunch of old men in suits. So he beats up the Stooges. I appreciate Austin fighting men in suits. Um, the camera follows Austin backstage. And again, commentary is like, who's the champion? And Vince yells, you don't have it anymore. It's mine. He flicks off Austin. And that's kind of how the show goes off. So basically Taker was a pawn in Vince's master plan. Um, there's no conclusion here, but we'll get to that next week on talking Taker. But um, my opinion, not a, great or even good match but it's a special place in my memory for um my childhood so screwy oh, yeah. ending but it's a good storytelling so it's a pivotal match in the storytelling <clears throat> yeah you know the the timing was weird i don't know again these guys have not worked a lot of triple threat matches i think that was right. probably part of it too sure. it's it's a confusing thing when you're used to wrestling one guy for every single night and then you add another guy into the mix it can kind of throw things off. So, you know, that, I, I think it's understandable if a little bit disappointing. And yeah, that's a, it's a, like we said, it's a storytelling match. It's not so much about the moves or the, uh, the action in there, but about the story being told. And unfortunately, Undertaker and Kane, like you said, are just kind of the pawns here. And even though yep. you know, they're going to be the main event of their next episode, it's going to be Undertaker and Kane for the WWF title. It is this Stone Cold and McMahon show, dude. Don't, don't they do not want you to lose yeah. sight of that. It's about Stone Cold and Mr. Man, not really <laughs> about Undertaker and Kane. Uh. But their role is very important, and we're excited to talk about it on next week's episode as we cover Judgment Day in Your House from October 1998 on next Friday's show. Of course, we want to hear what you think about this match. If you agree that it was a little bit disappointing, if you really liked it, if you have 
fond memories of watching that VHS over and over again like uh, <laughs> Travis did. We want to hear all about that. Hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Talking Taker. Like I said earlier in the show, it means so much to hear from you guys. And uh, The big guy. <laughs> Our new Instagram follower, <laughs> The Ryback. Hit us up, buddy. Yeah, come on the yeah. show anytime you want. And Absolutely. seriously, 50 episodes in, man, we got to come up with a game plan to get The Undertaker to follow us on Instagram. He's, he's very active on there and uh is he oh. he is he only follows like seven people and one of them is yeah. post malone so that's uh, so disappointing come on me. <laughs> seriously we are way more entertaining than post malone undertaker and we're way, oh, way more sure. fun to hang out with dude absolutely if you can hang out with him just come come be on a show with us <laughs> go see the harlem globetrotters and then, then come hang out with us absolutely uh, Hit us up on all the uh, podcasting platforms and, and just, you know, if you enjoy the show, share it with somebody else who you think would enjoy it. Share it with your fellow wrestling fans. That's the biggest way you can say thanks to us uh, is to spread the word, man, and, and let somebody know about this podcast project that we're going along. And they can jump in from the beginning or now's a great time to jump right into. Uh, there's a lot of classic stuff coming up and... You know, it helps to know the background, or you can just jump in wherever you want at one of your favorite matches and follow along for the ride. It works that way, too. So tune in next week for episode 51. We'll crack open a new 50. Exactly. And again, we just appreciate when there's more than two downloads on our, our account, so more than just me and Alex listen to it. So anyway, let us know what your favorite, uh, how, how you like the eyebrow ring as well. And what are your guys' opinions of the eyebrow ring? But if you were there... On September 27th in the Cops Coliseum, if you were there in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, our third international incident here on Talking Taker, I believe, um, well, in Canada, uh, if you were there, let us know, and uh, ladies and gentlemen, take her easy. Kathy Lee, Regis, shall we all sit down or relax? <laughs> Let's sit down, guys. How tall is he when he sits down? <laughs> six, six, eleven. <laughs> what, 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 really? Why do we sit down? Oh, you don't need to sit. Oh, he doesn't need no, to sit. No, he don't at all. Are you Neither ready? Neither do we. Are you ready to go tomorrow night, Undertaker? What you fail to realize, Mr. Regis, uh, this is not about winning <laughs> and losing. This is life and death. Really? What did Hulk ever do to you? Yeah. What did he ever do to me? Yeah. He is a self-righteous pig. Ooh. You now, said pagan or pig? Pig. He said pig. Pig. And tomorrow. And as y'all make fun, as you make games, this is life and death. Who's making games? Death. <laughs> death is our business. Death is your business. I understand. I know that. Your business is good.